0: paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen this earth week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on paramount plus paramount plus official streaming partner of the national park foundation you ready for this yeah if is the most original and heartfelt movie in years magic like this comes around once in a lifetime this friday experience it with your whole family can we do it again if ready pg hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the good old podcast i'm jack Julie for wahoo's 24 7 and welcome to a saturday edition to the pod like i teased earlier this week since the game was on thursday night there's no point of winning until monday for a game recap so we're gonna touch base on A big win for Virginia. Uh, I know it wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day, the scoreline said UVA beat Georgia Tech 16-9. to That is a big deal. Uh, Just because I talked about it in the last podcast. Virginia was trying to find ways to win. Well, they won. It wasn't pretty. And honestly, they almost lost. They almost gave the game away. But at the end of the day, they won at Georgia Tech, and it got their first ACC win, And honestly, after watching Duke play Miami I can, I'm already saying it today I am most likely 99.9 percent certain I'm going to pick Virginia in my game prediction heading into the game against the Hurricanes. So let's dive into this game. So what is the significance of this 16-9 win over Georgia Tech? Well, first off, this is the first win. For Virginia at Bobby Dodd Stadium since 2008. This is the first road win for this program since last year's win at Louisville in October. So it's almost a year later. They cemented their first, they secured their first road win. Now, again, if you're looking at game film, you're going to point out, well, Jackie, there was drops. It was ugly. There was drops on in the offense. There was penalties. There were issues um, with mental lapses, and then we haven't even touched on special teams. Yes, to every single one of those points. But they won 16-9. to They got that ACC win. They still have a chance mathematically at a bowl. They're still the running in the Coastal. And let's talk about the Virginia defense, because if anything that we can get from that game, is how much this UVA defense has come from last season to this season and how much this group got together in the bye week. We talked about how the bye week was an opportunity for this team to come together and shake off some of those early first half season experiences. Well, guess what? That defense did not perform well at Duke. Penalties led to some scoring for the Blue Devils on the road. against Louisville. Were gashed. They let a backup quarterback do whatever he wanted to them after those first couple series, especially after that big fake that he ran for a touchdown. They wanted to shake those performances off. And they did in a big, big way. Let's start by talking about this. And I'm going to bring up the box score if you're on YouTube. This is going to be available to you so you can look at it while I'm talking. If you're a Wahoo's 24-7 subscriber, this was posted in our live blog. It is there currently. It is also in the game thread. And obviously, you have all the stats available to you on the site as well. So let's dive into the defense because honestly, I think that is the big thing for me is I want to talk about the big success that Coach John Radzinski and his staff have done to flip this defense around and honestly, just use the weapons this UVA team has had for two years think of it this way a lot of these guys that are showing out right now were on the bench last year a lot of these guys that are showing out right now were in in positions that they probably shouldn't be placed because the scheme just didn't fit the personnel so these guys they always had talent what this UVA staff has done is put those guys in the position to succeed but also what they've done is help them develop fundamentally like tackling that was a big thing under Bronco Hall when I first came on the beat last year was they didn't tackle much during practice. Cause he said he was re- using more of the NFL type style practices because he didn't want to get hurt. And honestly that affected how you play the game. So, and then also the fact that they're also running the ball in practice because they're pushing more balanced offense. Yes, we can talk about the offense and then their issues, but it is having an effect on defense because they see that in practice. So they're able to prepare and not have, you know, guys just running through them. Like there were nothing as we saw against games like at UNC and BYU. So let's talk about this game. One of the big stacks, uh, actually I just teased it, sacks. One of the big stats is that they had eight sacks on the night, which is the second most ever in a game in program history and most since setting that record, which was nine against Duke in 2006. They put the pressure on completely against Georgia Tech. And I get it. You're going to tell me it's a backup quarterback and you know, we shouldn't look into that. But you, even if it's a backup, again, we Virginia faced a backup quarterback when Louisville played, but you have to be in the right position. You have to be in the right place. So you can't say, well, they, it was just against a poor a Georgia Tech lineup or a one that's inexperienced." inexperienced. Sure. But you still need to make a play. You still don't, can't shoot yourselves in the foot. You still need to fit your gaps. You still need to do shed your blocks. And that's what Virginia did. They played with an extra gear against Georgia Tech. They had something to prove. Chico Bennett had something to prove going back to Atlanta. And he did. Nick Jackson was playing at home. He didn't even know if he was going to, well, let me rephrase that. Nick Jackson was going to play no matter what. Tony Elliott didn't know if he was going to ha- have Nick Jackson and what capacity they were going to have Nick Jackson in at Georgia Tech because of the knee injury he suffered against Louisville. And then they didn't know how well these line, linebackers were going to adapt with Josh Ehrenhout. They didn't know how much Nick Jackson was going to be able to go. But then James Jackson came on the scene and, deci- and decided this was going to be the game that I'm going to show that I'm able to perform pretty more, much more consistently. And he did well. Against Georgia Tech. Again, there's there's things that you've got to take for grain of salt. Yes, again, Georgia Tech had a backup quarterback. They also – some of the, the game planning was changed after, obviously, Jeff Sims went down. I was surprised they didn't run the ball as much. Um, but, again, the Virginia defense didn't give them time. They swarmed at every single play, and they were all in their positions. That's the big thing for this Virginia defense is they play complementary to each other. No, last year, I think, I don't know how many times I've said this, the the secondary was a scapegoat a lot last year. And the problem that the secondary had last year was a lot, was because the linebackers were out of position or the defensive front wasn't giving much pressure. But because the defensive front able to get much pressure, you have the secondary be able to do their jobs. The linebackers are doing their jobs. Everyone is complementing each other, which is why they're being so successful. So they had eight sacks. Georgia Tech did not score in the second half and did not have a first down in that third quarter. They had 14 total yards in the third quarter. This is when the offense was struggling. This is when special teams were struggling. So the defense came out and says, we got your back. So when Virginia threw the interception, they got their back. When Virginia fumbled, they got their back. The defense allowed Virginia to have those mental lapses or have those errors because the defense came out and helped. They bailed them out. That's what this defense did. They were able to bail out all the mistakes that the other phases of the ball had. Um, so Georgia tech at the end of the day. So we're going to go through the stats at 201 total yards of offense, 146 of those was in the air while 55 was on the ground. So they averaged two. 0.7 yards per carry, so not great. If uh, you are a Georgia Tech fan, uh, this this weekend um, they had a little bit of a a buzz the last few games because they were just, you know, they when you change coach, they were just buying into what Brent Key was doing, and uh, things just spiraled a little bit out of control in that game. But again. Virginia defense did very well um, against Georgia Tech. And honestly, yes, you see that they did allow some points. But honestly, they only allowed three. Six of those points was the pick six that Brendan Armstrong threw in that first half. But let's look at some of these defensive stats just to uh, give you a perspective on how well these guys did. Nick Jackson leading the pack once again. He had eight total tackles. Five, five of them solo, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. Chico Bennett, he had seven total tackles, four solo, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. Nick Jackson had that really, really big sack at the end of the game um, when Georgia Tech was trying to mount a comeback. Nick Jackson made that big third down sack. James Jackson had six total tackles, one solo, um, one quarterback hurry. Um, the guys in the back, Jonas Sanker he had himself a game. He was everywhere in that in that backfield. He had five total tackles, two solos and two pass breakups. Aaron Famui and Cam Butler had half a sack. Uh, had um half a tackle for a loss. Um Cohen King had that big interception. Um he finished with five total tackles and uh four solos. Um Paul Akier I've been a huge fan of Pollock here if you paid attention to my closer looks on Sunday night after a game I've been praising Pollock here I've been I've been saying he deserves more playing time and he's done good he's had two sacks during that game and just to mention I know we've the corners you know my feelings about the secondary um, Anthony Johnson, Ventro Cypress all those guys Antonio Clary I think the secondary has vastly improved under this new staff I want to talk about Michael Diatta because he didn't have many snaps. He had, think about I think a 10 snaps um against this uh, against Georgia Tech. Um hold on. If you're on Wahoo's 24-7, we actually post pro football focused grade and grades and snap counts. So you actually get to see uh what they <clears throat> the grades and how much uh players uh have their snap counts, who has the highest receiving grade, passing block grade. Run blocking great, and also all the stats uh, defensively as well. Um, so I'm just taking a look. Uh, Michael Diatta had seven snaps, and he took advantage of those snaps. I thought he was very impressive, and it shows that the future in that defensive line is in good hands too. He had two total tackles, two of them solos. He had one sack as well, um, and those two solos worked for tackles for a loss. So again, I like the reason why this Virginia defense has shown so much success too is because of how they rotate bodies. Now there were some early in the season where some of those rotations might have caused some less momentum or there were some issues with the rotations, but it seems like they're really happy with the rotation right now. And a lot of people are performing at a better rate now. Um, So what we said in the preseason where Greg Medina and Preston, and I were talking about what the biggest strength was the defense was. We all pointed to this defensive line depth and that's what's showing right now. So again, this was a good game for this defense. The defense won the game. There's no doubt about that. The defense won the game. And it shows how far this group has come from last season. And it's shown how much some of those transfers coming in has helped this team. And honestly, just how much having those young guys that were flashing in practice last season able to get on the field this season as well. So that, that is the defense. So after the break, because we went all positive here, because it's a win. So there's a positive. So we talked a lot about the defense. So after the break, we're going to break down the offense. And we're also going to look at special teams. So we'll be right back. And welcome back to the good old podcast. I'm Jackie French, really for Wahoos 24 seven. And we're talking about Virginia's Big win over Georgia Tech 16 to 9. And keep saying it's a big win because this is their first win in three games. They snapped a three game losing streak. This is their first ACC win, first win on the road since last year after beating Louisville. It's their first win in Atlanta at Bob Dodd Stadium since 2008. So it's been a while. It's a good win for Virginia because they needed to learn how to win in those situations where things aren't going your way all night and they did it. Could this be a way for this team to move forward and get some momentum? We shall see. So the big question, so the defense, we talked about all the great things that the defense did on that side of the ball. And again, you're going to say there's a lot of things, circumstances that might say, well, this. the numbers might be slated one way or the other because of the circumstance of a Georgia Tech's quarterback situation. Again. But, like I said before, they were in position. They're in position to make the play. But on the offensive side, that is, and special teams are the places where Virginia is still struggling. Now, granted, UVA offense had the most flashes during this game. Um, Brendan Armstrong wasn't as sharp as he was possibly against Duke or even Louisville. Those two games, I still think he was a little sharper in his throws. But at the same time, he wasn't bad. He was getting more chemistry and their timing was a little bit better with his wide receivers. Now, again, the big thing, this has been a consistent thing about this offense. I'm going to bring up those stats again. The big thing for me still in this is 410 total offensive yards for Virginia. That is the big thing for me because then you look at the score and what do you see? See sixteen points. You have four hundred and ten total yards, with two hundred and fifty-five of those coming in the air and one hundred and fifty-five of those coming on the ground. You are averaging five point six yards per play, but you can only manage sixteen points. That's that's the hard pill to swallow. Um, they missed an extra point, and they also had two missed field goals. One of them was blocked not great just that alone you have seven points left on the field and to be fair one of those field goals shouldn't even have been attempted lavelle davis had a drop inside the end zone in a catch that he should have had it was it was not a bad throw that was a good throw that was a catchable ball um so yes they had two missed field goals but that should have been a touchdown. So if we change that to a touchdown, that'll be seven points. An extra point will be eight. And you had a field goal that's 11. This this game, just if I change that, could have been 27 to nine. And if, like, we don't want to give that that touchdown because you're thinking, well, let's just give them the field goal, that's still seven more points that they left. That's a whole touchdown. So, again, that's a lot of points left out there. And that's not counting all the other mistakes that happen. So. At the end of the day, though, this wasn't a bad overall performance by the offense. There was a lot of good flashes by this team. Um, so one of the things that I really liked was the overall pass protection that Brendan Armstrong received. So B.A. through 20 of 35, uh, 255 yards, one touchdown, uh, two interceptions. He also ran for one touchdown. and He ran for 91 yards, um, averaging uh, seven yards per carry. So that was a good night for B.A. overall, apart from those two interceptions. And you can argue, argue one of those is a little on Damiq Starling. So, But a lot of that success also came from the offensive line. I think the offensive line did a good job in pass protection. And I think the offensive line was, was good. Um, obviously, run blocking is still, still an issue, which is why they weren't able to really have a consistent run game, but the addition of Noah Josie really helped in pass protection. And actually I need to shout out to Noah Josie because according to pro football focus, he had the best pass blocking grade on the team with an 85.3. And he made a big difference. What I like about Noah Josie is that he's got the frame. He's got a good frame out there in the front. So he's able to hold his block, which gave his Brendan Armstrong more time to throw. Um, and at this point, when you're when you're trying to work timing on the wide receivers, an extra second or two will help your wide receivers be in position. And the wide receivers did have some good flashes. And I think the one one that everyone is going to point to is that beautiful touchdown for Dontavian Wicks. That was, one, an excellent throw by B.A. to Dontavian Wicks. But then the individual effort that Wicks made to get into that end zone where he skirted the sideline, did a spin move, and then went into the end zone. That was Dontavian Wicks from last season. Now, the key for me is that needs to be more consistent. He had a drop later on in the game. And Tony Elliott mentioned in his post-game press conference that it could be a little bit of fatigue. He's asking those younger wide receivers to come on, I and mean, he's asking Deshaun Wilsons and Demique Starlings to come in and help alleviate some of these snap counts. You know, if you pay attention to his pro football focus. The snap counts for those wide receivers are are pretty high. Um, If you let's look here for the wide receivers currently, Dontavian Wicks had 70 snap counts out of 76 offensive snaps. And Keaton Thompson had 55, Lavelle Davis had 57, Sean Wilson had 15, Billy Camp had 15, and Mick Starling had six. So obviously Dontavian Wicks is out there quite a bit. Um, So drops is still an issue, and I mentioned already too one for entertainment Wex and one that should have been a touchdown by lavelle davis but again it it wasn't awful um overall awful the only problem is you can't it's hard to talk about a team that has these flashes on the field and mounting total offense but just seems to stall so much in the red zone it's you know especially when you have the weapons that they do like, you know a 6 foot 7 wide receiver so when you look at that play call you're like well that's a mismatch nightmare for anybody but then they struggle to get those points in the end zone Let's take a look at some of the stats here for Virginia um on rushing Brendan Armstrong led the way again like I said with 91 yards Xavier Brown continues to show great flashes this is going to be a this is a freshman so a nice future for Xavier Brown as a Cavalier he had 44 yards On the ground, averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Again, it wasn't a great day overall for the running backs. Uh, Paris Jones added 17 yards. It just couldn't get going. A lot of that was the run blocking, but also sometimes trying to go through the middle of the tackles. It wasn't just it wasn't working. Um, This is a type of time where I think, well, why can we get more a little different in how you pitch to the running backs? Try to get those jet sweeps in. As you digest the stats, I think one of the big glaring ones that you should see is the 10 penalties for 82 yards. Now, obviously, the the penalties can come on any side of the ball, but the ones that came on offense ended any momentum that UVA had on certain drives. One of the big ones that just stings out to me is the one where B.A. connected to Keaton Thompson for a 31-yard completion. That's a big play a big play that we don't see a lot with this Virginia offense, which is strange since we covered Virginia offense last season, that was called back due to a penalty. So it's like when they start getting that momentum, they have a mental lapse and then it comes back. That is still a problem that Tony Elliott and his staff need to address. Because at the end of the day, if you face an opponent that might have more weapons on the offensive side of the ball, your defense might not be able to hold Every single drive. Don't get John Rucinski's men have been doing a fine job of giving the offense opportunities. But sometimes you don't have enough of those opportunities if you kill yourself, if you shoot yourself in the foot. And that was a case where Virginia shot themselves in the foot by those penalties. Now, apart from those head scratching third and nine screen passes on third down, I'm not a fan of those. Some of those third down situations was Again, I'm not a coach. They just felt a little off to me. I didn't like those. But I actually liked a lot of the play calls on Thursday night. What I liked was their passing game plan. Because what Coach Kitchings and what Coach Elliott realized, that they were able to do these crossing routes and down the field tries because their yellow jackets, DBs, could not match up speed-wise for those. So that was a good plan for the Cavaliers on the night. That was a good plan. I felt like the matchups that they highlighted going into the game were good. That was something I did not see against Syracuse. I thought some they left some good matchups on there. Again, a lot of good things to see from the Cavaliers. There was flashes. They had opportunities. It's just trying to score, finishing drives. There were times they couldn't sustain drives from penalties, but when they were able to sustain drives, they shouldn't find the end zone. So it's almost there. And it's hard to keep saying that every week that it's almost there. It's better this week because it's almost there and they're able to secure a win. You still have games to play. So the opportunities are still there, especially in the coastal the way it is. The coastal, God bless it, is not sealed yet you don't know what's going to happen in, in the coastal so just go day by day with the offense and every little bit this team gets better will certainly certainly help and it seems like it's it's hard to keep saying it, it looks like it's going to get closer but it does look better so that's the offense and then special teams this is where i can't tell you it's getting better it it seems like it's week after week. There's no consistency on special teams. Honestly, the only consistency on special teams that I can tell you is there's going to be at least one error or one opportunity for the other opponent to possibly score from a special teams gaffe or error from the Virginia Cavaliers. That is probably the most consistent thing that unit has going for it right now. Oh, wait. No, I'm lying. Daniel Sparks. Daniel Sparks deserves all the helmet stickers for his punting for Virginia. The last few weeks and against um, against the Yellow Jackets, he had he averaged 43 yards of punt and he had long of 48 and he had a few of them inside the 20. He was a good punter. And honestly, I I joked with people that he was um, I think he's undervalued. I'm all for punters. I think punters deserve more respect. And he did a good job by pinning Georgia Tech and making a backup quarterback. Having to move the ball down the field, so kudos to Daniel Sparks. But special teams still had problems. We already touched on the missed extra point. We also touched on the two missed field goals, one that was blocked. Now I am not a kicking expert. As far as I can't, I I, I can't break down a kick, um, a kicker stance. I I can't do that. That's I don't even want to try. But I will say that one of those snaps. Didn't look great. Right. And I, I, timing is good. Timing is important for a kicker. So if the snap isn't great and you're not getting the ball correctly, that, that could throw off everything. So now special teams, also with the big issue for special teams, it seems a lot of the things that Tony Elliott has talked about, about being high football, acute, just knowing the fundamentals of football, just knowing the rules of the game, just knowing the intricacies of the game, or so to say, that's where they struggled a lot mix, darling, he was told to have to do a fair catch. He kneed down on the third yard line rather than calling for a fair catch. Again, those are things he's young. He's going to learn. But again, those are the things that cost you good field position or cost you better field position. Then you had penalty on Lavelle Davis, which gave Georgia Tech another opportunity to go out there. You had the blocked punt, which gave Georgia Tech excellent field positions. Those particularly, if you were facing an opponent, opponent, that had more talent on the offense, that wasn't facing a situation where they had a backup quarterback, that's a situation where that could haunt you in a game. In this case, Virginia didn't have um, – it didn't cost Virginia in this situation. So in this situation, Virginia was still able to come out with the win. So that is my main concern as Virginia moves forward in the season. I know a lot of people will focus on the offense, but at the end of the day, special teams is my my biggest concern as you go through because you're, you're going to have at least one or two mistakes a game with that unit. That's That's been the, about the average of what we've seen. So if you have one or two mistakes by that unit, that means you're, you're relying on the offense to possibly having to score on two extra drives because of a mistake on special teams. So that is my main concern moving forward. And again, I don't know how quickly you can change that moving forward. And the one thing that Tony Elliott mentioned was that they don't have experienced playable death at that position. He's asking starters to play. And if you look across special teams, you're going to see a lot of starters. Nick Jackson is involved in special teams. You have obviously seen Lavelle Davis is involved in special teams. You have Billy Camp. you have Demik Starling. You have guys who are getting some reps. On you know the offense, on the defense, also getting snaps as special teams. Michael Diatta is on on special teams, so they need to shore up that side of the ball, that phase of the game, because that's where most of the mistakes and most of the problems are happening. Yes, the offense has their, its own issues with penalties and drop passes, but at the end of the day, some of these problems on Thursday night, Georgia Tech, if they were. You know, if they were Syracuse from earlier, they were able to score on some of those opportunities. Georgia Tech, unfortunately, didn't have um, their starting quarterback. So which is fortunately for Virginia. So I think this is where if you're a Virginia fan, you're saying they have a good defense that is slowly getting more momentum each game, getting more confidence. And then they had two of those games that they brushed aside and came back after the bye week. And then you have an offense that is slowly progressing every week. You see a little bit more, a little bit more coming together and you see more flashes of some of the players like Dontavian Wicks, but special teams is the one phase that you have not seen that progression. So you're hoping that that's the part where they're going to focus on. And I touched on it at the beginning of the podcast. Miami is next at home. It's going to be a big recruiting weekend. We're actually going to have a recruiting focused episode on Monday here on YouTube and as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. I honestly think Virginia is going to beat Miami. That's probably going to be my prediction by the time I release my game preview uh, podcast later this next week. Right now, Miami's offensive line is not great. I think Virginia's defensive line is going to be, have, have its way um, against Miami's offensive line. Miami does not generally historically play well in Charlottesville as well. So I think this is going to be a great opportunity for Virginia to wait two games in a row. Um, so with that being said, they don't want these mistakes on special teams. Again, Miami is not playing great, but Miami is talented in different positions. And sometimes you just need a, a guy that's talented or a, a guy that's a four or five star, a, a guy, a skill player, just to make one big play especially when your margin of error is so small when it comes to Virginia and that can cost you the game. So when you have a margin of error that's so small for Virginia, every play counts. I still think, I'm, I guess I'm making a prediction on Saturday, on Saturday is that I think Virginia should beat Miami all things equal right now. Um, Tyler Van Dyke, I believe, um, might be questionable for that game since he left early from the matchup against Duke. So this is a big opportunity for Virginia. So we'll see what changes will happen, especially on special teams. Um, I don't expect there'll be a change at place kicker. I expect they'll still roll out with Will Betridge. Um, but yeah, it's going to be uh this uh it's gonna be chaotic coastal, and it wouldn't be the coastal without being a little bit chaotic in its final season of existence. So thanks again for uh listening in about my uh game recap. Again, it was a big win for Virginia. When I say big, again, mentally, this was a big win for this team. They needed it. You saw it in the locker room. Let's see if they can build from it. Let's see if the buzz, this passion back, and maybe they'll have some fun again. Maybe that monkey off the back may, it will alleviate some of the worries and some of the big things for this team, and maybe they can start having fun again on the field. Certainly look like they're having fun during the during the end of the game there. So. Again, thank you so much. And if you like what you're hearing, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to our channels wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a review and rate us as well on Apple and Spotify. And if you like listening to the podcast on YouTube, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Click that bell so you're notified when there's new videos and also like this video. So it helps us with the algorithm on YouTube so it keeps pushing our show forward. So again, thank you so much for listening. And I will be right back here on Monday for some big recruiting scoops as Virginia prepares for not only Miami, but prepares to host a lot of good recruits the next few weeks.